This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm David and I'm joined tonight by Andrew. What's going on everybody? And this is a bit of a different episode, it's probably going to be a shorter episode. We're just going to talk a little bit about Fan Expo New Orleans 2022, formerly known as Wizard World Comic Con. Me and Andrew have been going to it since, what, 2014, 15? Yeah, somewhere right in there. Uh, I mean, it's it's one of the closest, you know, kind of big cons to us, and it's... You know, because of that, it's it's one of our favorites. Of course, it's in New Orleans, which is a great reason to go as well. And uh, it's it's New Orleans is a great city for a con. That's why I keep lobbying for Star Wars Celebration in New Orleans. It would be great. The uh, it's always in the New Orleans Convention Center, which is a great center. Um, it's huge, lots of room. There's always lots of hotels around, and there's lots of stuff to do in New Orleans. Um, Lots of great food. That's a big thing. And food is going to factor into this conversation because <laughs> Anthony Mackey was, was here at this con this year, and he is from New Orleans, and half of his panel was just talking about food. <laughs> but I didn't even mind it at all. Um, but yeah, this year, uh, Andrew, unfortunately, uh, was not able to go. Uh, we could talk a little bit about that. This was a pretty um, different convention than usual uh because of all the covid regulations new orleans in particular is really really heavy with the rules compared to a lot of other places around here so there's a lot going on with that a lot of guests were canceling uh very rapidly kevin smith was supposed to be there Stephen amell a lot of really big names that all had to cancel uh so I know that Andrew and his family just decided not to go this year. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things. It's, it's pricey. Like I, I'm assuming that yeah. y'all drove in every day. That's what y'all usually yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. us, it, it ends up being, you know, just, just a place to stay during the convention ends up running us almost a thousand dollars. And yeah. Um, yeah. It's one of those things. Like I started getting nervous. Like we weren't as worried. I mean, heck we, you know, we didn't go and we caught COVID the week after anyway. So, I mean, that wasn't even like really, I, my concern was a lot of guests are backing out and they're, they're telling us about those, but they're not telling us how many vendors are backing out. Right. And there were a lot of empty spaces. It was definitely the smallest con that, that it has ever been. And I know it's technically not, it's technically not the same thing. Cause this is now fan expo fan expo bought out wizard world. But for all intents and purposes, it's the same con. Right. It's, it's just the new, this year's version of the con. And yeah, there were a lot of vendor cancellations. And it was really small. So the past few years, and they've done it differently every once in a while, but usually how the setup is, is there's one big convention hall, maybe two. Like they buy out J and I, Hall J, Hall I, and that's where the convention is. And then upstairs... So usually they rent out like a couple convention halls and it's a decent sized con and that's the showroom floor where they have all the vendors, they have the autograph area, artist alley, stuff like that. And then you go upstairs and they have the panels and there's a big auditorium where they host the really big panels. Like there's been Stan Lee in the past. We had the cast of Civil War was there yeah. that the year that, that was coming out. The big people like that, right? This year there was like one convention hall that was rented out for vendors and then another convention hall where they just put the big stage. Okay. So they didn't, even, they didn't even have enough people to buy, to rent the theater this year. No, they didn't. Okay. They just had a big stage, and it, and there were a lot of empty tables and stuff over in that theater. So I get the impression that that space 
was going to be filled with more vendors that just canceled and it all got consolidated. And basically the way you can imagine it is it's, it's half the size of the con that it usually is. Wow. That being said, there were still some great vendors there and I still had a really good time and I got to see some really cool people and I experienced some really cool things. And I wanted to share that with our audience because some of the notable people that were there, the panels I attended were the, the clerks cast, Mm -hmm. um, the, the three the three clerks. Kevin Smith was supposed to be there and Jason Muse, but they both had to cancel. I actually had an autograph lined up for that, but unfortunately they canceled, so I got a refund. But the clerks cast was there, and they had a great panel. John Delancey was there, who plays Q in Star Trek. He had a great panel. William Shatner was there. And Anthony Mackie was there. Of course, like I said earlier, Anthony Mackie's from New Orleans. So it was great that he got to come to this. Yeah. I hope he'll be back next year. I had intended to uh, get him to sign the shield. Yeah, that would have been awesome. There are a lot of people doing that. And yeah, there were just some fun stories. I'll just say, first of all, the only real notable, there's two, two real notable things on the vendor floor that I did. One was I met the guy who drew Marvel zombies and got a bunch of autographs from him. Okay, he did the covers for Marvel Zombies. Okay. He also did the covers for Walking Dead. And nice. he did the covers for Deceased, the DC zombie thing. He's the zombie king in, in, in comics. Okay. And I got some incredible autographs from him. He was a super cool guy. He remembered me like I met him the first day. Second day, I'm walking around. He comes up to me. I'm in a different cosplay, by the way. And he recognized me. He's like, hey, I hope you stop by the booth again. He was really awesome. That's great. It's always nice when you actually meet somebody like that, that actually like kind of goes a little bit above and beyond in interacting. Yeah, it is always nice. And I'm going to talk about this next guy who did that tenfold. Like, okay. So do you know who Guy Gilchrist is? That name is familiar, but no, Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure. I, I didn't know who he was until reading who was going to be at this con, but Guy Gilchrist was Jim Henson's right-hand man. Mm. He drew all the Muppet characters. He did the art. He did all the comics for them, the comic strips, stuff like that. He also did a lot of work on Ninja Turtles. He was the artist behind stuff like Dark Crystal and Labyrinth, things like that. Okay. Uh, That's why I know the name. I'm a big Muppets Mm -hmm. fan. I I feel ashamed that I I didn't uh, remember that, but I I know exactly because I think it was him and his brother that did the Muppets uh, comic strip in the um, like in the eighties. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds like, that sounds like what, what he would have done. He was there and he had a small little booth, but we went by and my girlfriend is a huge Muppet fan as well. And she was extremely excited to meet him. She actually already knew who he was. Like I'm a, I'm a, I, I like the Muppets, but I wouldn't call myself a Muppets fan. So I had to look and see, oh, he did that stuff. That's really cool. But she was already a big fan of his. And we went and talked to him and she didn't say anything at first, but I just said, Hey, I just kind of whispered to him while she was looking at some stuff. I'm like, Hey, she's really embarrassed to say this, but she's a huge fan. And, you know, just, just so you know that. And he was the nicest guy I've ever met. He talked to us for a good 20 minutes about Jim Henson, about the Muppets, about Ninja Turtles. He, he grabbed my girlfriend's arm. He did. Okay. Not That sounds wrong. He was like, (laughs) Hey, let me see your hand. And she's like, she gave him his hand and he just drew. She said, who's your favorite Muppet character? And I forget who she said, but he just drew a picture of it on her hand right there, just right there for her. And then she picked out a couple prints that he of course signed for her. And she talked about how she loves something about the dark crystal. And he goes, Oh, well open up the sketchbook here. And if you flip to the back, there's a, there's a dark, there's a dark crystal sketch. Why don't you just take that one? Like just, he just gave it to her. Wow. Uh, yeah. And his stuff is, is it, it was, it, I think it was like a $50 print that he just like let her, let her take. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Of course, signed it. Just the nicest guy. He told us some great stories about working with Jim Henson. It seems that they were actually really good friends. He told us about how whenever he got the job to draw the Ninja Turtles comic book, he didn't take it at first because he misheard his agent and thought that she called him the Teenage Mutant 
uh, teenage mutilated Ninja Turtles. Ah. And he thought it was a zombie book. Gotcha. And so he was like, that's not really my style. So he turned down the job. <laughs> and then, and this is true, the mob called him and said, hey, I'm not even going to try to do a mob accent. But, you know, typical New York mobster accents. Like, right. you turned down my job. What the what what the hell? You're the guy Gilchrist, right? And he's like, yeah. It's like, you're going to do the job. You're going to work. Like, because this is true. Back in that time, the mob ruled everything, including Marvel comic books in New York City. <laughs> and like Stan Lee's talked about that some too. Like, yeah, there, that, that was a real thing. So he was like, oh, okay. So that's how he got the job doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, he offered to sell me a an original artwork, or not a print, but one he actually drew. He offered to sell me one of the Ninja Turtles for a big discount, but even with the discount, it was just I just couldn't, um, I just couldn't justify it. But it was really tempting. But yeah, Guy Gilchrist, he's a great guy, uh, huh, great guy, and I highly recommend to anybody if you get a chance to meet him, just talk to him. He has some great stories, and he he was an absolute highlight of the show. And I really hope he comes back next year. He was, he was awesome. That's great. It's, it's always, like I said, you know, it, it always like kind of gives you a new perspective of some of these people when they, when they actually go out of their way. Like we had that experience with Ernie Hudson at Mississippi right. comic-con a few years ago where he just like, you know, we, we just expected to get our autograph and move on but like he wanted to come around the table and take pictures with us and talk to the kids about their costumes and yeah it just it just makes you really appreciate because you know a lot of times you're paying a good bit of money to be at these things and a lot of these people yeah. just like they don't even look up at you it just you know sign your stuff and yeah and uh yeah some people are coming to mind like that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna no i'm not gonna anybody. i'm not gonna throw anybody under the bus here because I, I i get it too like i mean I, i've gotten autographs from people that i know had signed god knows how many autographs yeah. before i got up there look i'm not expecting stan lee to have a conversation with me right bruce campbell um, had a conversation with me about photography it was amazing oh awesome that's incredible um it does get annoying when i go up to like comic book creators who have nobody at their table and <laughs> yeah. they're rude to me. Right. That's where, and there's a couple coming to mind. There's just one guy. I'll just say I buy stuff from him every year. Cause I really like his art, but I, I do not like him as a person. <laughs> um, and even this year he was, so I bought a print from him and I bought a print and I'm like, okay, cool. And I go to slide it in my, my, uh, plastic, uh, thing. And I see that it's ripped already. So I just go back to him. I say, Oh, excuse me. Um, I just, I hate to bother you, but I noticed that this print was ripped. Um, would it be okay if I just got another one? And he goes, he sighs and goes, yeah, go ahead and get another one. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, F you too, I guess. And I <laughs> gave him the ripped one. I grabbed the other one and I did not go back to his booth and I probably will not go back again. Like that just really bothered me. Yeah. Um, and I've bought a lot, I've bought a lot of stuff from him every single year that he's been there. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's always extremely, it's, 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 it's a, it's a highlight whenever the artists and, and creators are, are nice, uh, yeah. and, and they have a conversation. Like I said, I don't, I don't expect everybody to have a conversation with me and I don't hold it against you. Even if you don't have anybody at your booth, you know, they're usually busy, they're drawing, it's been a long day. They just want a cup of coffee. Right. That's fine. I, I, I don't appreciate when you're rude to me, um, but like I said, I'm not going to go on Twitter and like blast him about it. It's just, I, I just personally will not be purchasing anything from him again. Right. No, I mean that that's completely reasonable. Um, you know, to not do business with someone that treats you poorly. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you know, I've done a lot of autographs and a few, a few photo ops over the years and like pretty much everybody's been great. They also, it, it varies pretty widely how much time they spend with you. But like, you, you know, it's not like, you know, I'm there to get my autograph. Everything else is just yeah. bonus. Like, yeah. You know, so, so if someone, if someone doesn't take the time to like converse, then that's fine. That it's not what we're there for. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, it, it is pretty awesome when they do take time. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. And 
like I said, with people like William Shatner or Anthony Mackie, the, the guys who have the big lines, I'm not going to take the time to even say anything. Uh, but when I met the main character of Clerks, Brian O'Harlan, who plays Dante, I got his autograph. I got a Clerks poster signed by him, which he signed it. It was really awesome. He he wrote on it, uh, I'm not even supposed to be here today, <laughs> and signed it. So that's going to be hung up. Uh, there was nobody over there. And, th- and that's how it usually is with those smaller people that like that have a niche people. So already their lines are going to be small because Clerks is a pretty niche thing. Right. But then when like half the con is cut, it, the con is like cut in half and there's not that many people there, it's going to be even smaller. So there was nobody at his table. So I went over, I handled business first. Like I, I, I just, I went over, scanned my ticket. I pull it out. Um, he gives me a fist bump. He just reached out his hand for a fist bump. And I'm like, uh, I make a joke. I'm like, I'm sure you've seen a few of these today. Uh, and I just give him a clerk's poster and he laughs and signs it. And then I get myself businesses handled. There's nobody around me. He's chill. He's just chilling. He looks cool. And I just took the opportunity to say, Hey, I'm, I'm nerding out here, but I just want to tell you that this movie means a lot to me. And it's one of my favorite of all time. And I think you're an incredible actor in it. And I just really appreciate uh, the work that you, all, all of you guys have done. And he was the nicest guy. He said, oh, thank you so much, man. Give me another fist bump. Uh, I got two fist bumps. And we talked for a couple minutes. He was like, are you excited for Clerks 3? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to see it. He goes, please go see it. We're really counting on you guys to go see it. Um, And he was just a really chill, cool guy to talk to. Uh, And like I said, there was nobody around. I wasn't holding up anybody in line. So I didn't feel like i was uh intruding on anything right so but i i didn't push it too long it was like two minutes and i said all right well um and i just kind of went to walk away and he was like oh are you going to be at the panel later and i was like oh i didn't even realize there was a clerk's panel and that's that's another argument not argument a gripe i have a fan expo the stuff on their app was not always accurate to what was actually going on on the showroom. We had to go up to like the main theater and find the poster that had the times on it to actually know what was going on that day. Because they add, because you know, with all the cancel, and I understand a lot of cancellations, a lot of rescheduling, stuff like that. But they just like last minute added this clerks panel, and I ha- I would have had no idea it was happening if if Brian hadn't told me that it was happening. Yeah. But yeah, I went to the clerks panel and that was a lot of fun. And this year, you know, not a lot of people there and the people that weren't, there were pretty mic shy. And now I've never gotten up to like ask a question during right. a panel. Well, I mean, a lot of times you get in line and you never make it up to the front anyway. Right. Exactly. So I just don't worry about it. And also like, I don't have that much to say. I don't have like any genuine questions, but we, we go to, um, to do it and there's just nobody getting up to ask questions and the whole panels usually are based around people asking questions so i'm like this is gonna be really awkward if there's no one here asking questions so i'm like i guess i'll do it so i stood up and i went over and i just like i asked them um how much they were i just kind of like this is genuinely curious i was like how much of it was improv and you know the basic questions stuff like that and it was fun they had a fun conversation uh they got there they just had like a uh they got up on stage they had a plastic bag which is a bunch of beers in it and i think brian O'Harlan went through like four beers in the course of an hour or <laughs> more like 45 minutes um that the panel was and they uh cursed like sailors and just had a lot of fun up there on stage just talking about clerks, about clerks three, about their working with Kevin Smith and all that kind of stuff. So that was a great panel. Awesome. And then I went to the uh, John Delancey panel, another panel where there was just nobody asking questions. So I'm like, you know what? I like Q. I'm curious. And John Delancey, it's really funny when there's no moderators at a panel because it's you know that they're that they said no moderators. Like I'm not being moderated. <laughs> no. Right. And John Delance is that kind of guy. Uh, from what I understand, he's kind of an a-hole. <laughs> like I don't know from, if he really is, but he certainly puts on that persona when he's out. Yeah. Uh, five minutes late getting up there. Um, 
but he was super, super nice and like fun and, and, and was great with conversation. And he just took questions. And a lot of the questions were up at Picard season two. He said things like, uh, in Picard season two, there is a very good reason that Q has returned. And that's pretty much all he said. Um, said he couldn't say anything more. Said that he loved working with Patrick and stuff like that. And I asked a question. I said, um, what were some other characters that you liked working with or characters you wished you could have worked with? And this is when I realized, and I probably should have known this, that John Delancey does not know anything about Star Trek <laughs> except for he played Q and Patrick Stewart played Picard. Also, uh, Kate Mulgrew played Janeway. That's what he knows about Star Trek. Period. <laughs> oh, he did like amazing. a total of like eight episodes over the course of Next Generation and Voyager and like one on Deep Space Nine. And he knows only what he did in those episodes. That's really funny because I've actually kind of gotten that impression at times from Anthony Daniels. Uh, like, who's Anthony Daniels? He plays C-3PO. Oh, oh, and right. And so it's yeah, like... Yeah. You know, he's in everything Star Wars, right? And he, he narrates yeah. all the Star Wars stuff. But, like, I know people that have asked him questions, and he's just like, he doesn't know. He just, either that, he, he either doesn't know, or he's just kind of rude in person. I don't know which. Mm. Yeah, that's funny. And, and you know what? I don't blame him. Like, that's fine. Yeah, no. Whatever. Mm. I'm I'm sure Patrick Stewart barely knows anything about Star Trek either. Um, Whatever, that's fine. I just... I didn't mean to put him on the spot like that. I didn't think it was going to be a question that like he had trouble answering. So he kind of stood there with a blank face and he was like, uh, you know, I really liked working with the captains. So I was like, okay, so you just don't know any of their names, but he did say, he did, he did say, um, you know, I'm really good friends with Ethan Phillips. I, I wish I could have interacted with his character. What was his character? And he said, and I quote, he played the funny little man. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> Neelix? He goes, yes, Neelix. So John Delancey wishes he could have uh, had some scenes with the most hated character in all of Star Trek. <laughs> because he's friends with Ethan Phillips. Wow. Which apparently Ethan Phillips is like the nicest person on the planet. Everybody loves him. Yeah. Um, and then someone asked him a question, and this is kind of annoying to me, and I get bothered by people who ask questions that are super, super specific that like no one wants to hear about. So, and, and, and I hope that doesn't sound like I'm a jerk saying that, but no, like, I, 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 I think you, every I, panel I've ever been to, there's, there's always that one person that asks questions that are just like, why'd you ask that? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we've told the story before in the podcast. I'm sure we had about the guy, the kid asking Stan Lee, if he watches my hero academia. <laughs> <laughs> and just literally you heard the audience moan. Right. Um, but yeah, this guy goes, so I, I was wondering, I saw on, on Instagram, you, you've been baking pizza. What's your, uh, what's your favorite kind of pizza? And it's like, oh no, now you're just giving him an excuse to not talk about Star Trek, which you know, he's going to take. And he talked for literally at least 15 <laughs> minutes about pizza, <laughs> which in hindsight is funny. But at the time I was like, this is, yeah, it's not why you were there. Really yeah. <laughs> Which leads me into my next panel, Michael Rooker, which have you ever been to a Michael Rooker panel? I want to say that I saw Michael Rooker in a panel several years ago at Wizard World. He's been in a couple. He's been to most of the Wizard Worlds. Um, I mean, he's always the, there. We, we leaving the last day of the con, the last time he was there, we almost hit him crossing the crosswalk. Oh, yeah. You told me about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. His panels are insane. And he talked about actually how he prides himself on that he never actually answers questions. <laughs> he never does. So he gets up there. He just comes up there. There's a moderator. And he goes, twerking. And the moderator goes, huh? And he goes, twerking. What? What is twerking? And at first, it's kind of funny. He's like, I'm confused. Like, what's the point of twerking? Why would you pump the butt, your, the air with your butt? And it's, it's And, he, you know, I can't do his voice, but... He, he sounds like Michael Rooker. That's Yondu and Merle, for the, for those who don't know. Yondu from Guardians, Merle from Walking Dead. And literally, for 20 minutes, he talked about twerking. 
And at first it was funny, but it got really, really old really fast. Like, I was about to leave. And my girlfriend was like, I know you hate this, don't you? <laughs> like, you just want him to answer, to talk about anything else. Um, so he talked about twerking. He got a girl to come up on stage and twerk on stage, like show him how to twerk, which actually got a little creepy. Uh, <laughs> and he was like asking this woman. Now she volunteered. Like she was a consenting adult, but still. Uh, <laughs> right. Really creepy. It's, it sounds like... Uh... It sounds like Fan Expo got without as many moderators and stuff got a little more uh a little more Dragon Con-ish this year. A little more wild and Yeah, Dra- Dragon Con, I mean if you've never been to you know, one day you gotta go, David, but Dragon Con is like a five day long party. Oh yeah. I definitely that, that reminds me of something else I wanted to say. Um so a lot of lot of artists and I think this relates to what you kind of just said, a lot of artists draw uh lewd art deviant art whatever you want to call it nude they draw like the characters but naked right and usually they keep them behind the booth like in a folder and you ask for it and they pull it out and then you buy it right right this year nope i saw it actually made me it actually genuinely made me uncomfortable i saw so many naked drawings of beloved characters Yeah, that's actually a little disappointing to hear that kind of stuff just out. Yeah. Um, Like, I mean, you can do that kind of of stuff at Dragon Con, but like you said, it's not just out on the table. Because, like, you you know, these cons, you know, I know some people, there are people at conventions, especially at Dragon Con, we run into people that are like, this is a con for adults, you shouldn't even have your kids here. And I'm like, excuse me, they have an entire track. They have an entire track for, for kids. Like (laughs) they had an entire section for kids here too. Like if you don't do things for kids at these things, like your fandoms die. Yeah. Like you, you want your fandom to go on right now. I I say that knowing good and well that there are people out there that think that the fandom of certain things should just end with them. Um, gatekeeping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was honestly disappointed because I had the thought. I'm like, well, I'm glad I didn't bring Jesse because we brought Jesse before my little sister. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like I would have been pretty, pretty pissed if I had my kids there because I mean, yeah, we spent a lot of time I, in the artist alley. Yeah. And it, it was a lot. Like it wasn't just like one booth. Like I, I, I could kind of forget. Like there was a booth called Geek and Kinky. And that made me uncomfortable because I was walking by and people were handing out stuff all the time, right? Like, hey, you want a sticker? You want a sticker? This person goes, hey, you want a sticker? And I go, yeah, sure. I turn around to get it and it just says geek and kinky. And I'm literally like in the middle of saying, yeah, sure. Oh, no, thank you. (laughs) Uh, And I look at their booth and they just had a bunch of pins and stickers about being geek and kinky and like being a quote unquote brat and like dog collars and stuff like that, like insane stuff. And let me tell you, by the end of the con, they were sold out. Um, but yeah, there were just a lot of nude art and what they did was they took little stickers and they put them over the, uh, stuff like the nipples and stuff like that. But like, they're very, very small stickers. So it just genuinely made me uncomfortable and it was, it was all over the place. Um, you would have been very mad. Like I said, if it's one booth, like, all right, that guy, like, you probably shouldn't do that, but, like, whatever. But it yeah. was it was pretty plastered throughout. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's an odd thing, and it's it kind of goes back to what we've talked about before. Like, you know, I don't, if you're into that stuff, more power to you. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't just belong out in front of everyone at, at a, in a family environment. Yeah. Now, if it's, if it's, clearly not a family thing then like i'll forgive it but if, if they want to have that fan there was literally a kid section yeah if they like, want to have that stuff if the artists want to have that stuff out on the table they need to put those artists in another room yeah i agree and i think it's fine the way they do it where you just gotta be if you want to be that guy who buys that art you gotta you gotta have the balls to ask for it <laughs> yeah um oh and, and say, we've hey, seen we've it. seen those people walking around the cons with the stuff and Oh yeah. Usually the people we see walking around with it, I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> you look like the kind of guy that would yeah. be walking around carrying that. Fair enough. He probably has <laughs> lots of hair on his neck. Uh 
Yeah, neck beards. Yeah, I, 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 one hundred percent know what you mean. And like I said, no shame. I'm not. I'm, I'm more power to you. That is good for you. Personally, I'm just uncomfortable about it because, like, I like these characters, and I just don't like seeing them in that way. It just makes me feel really weird. Personally, but that's just me. That's just me. Um, and if it, and if it wasn't all over the place, it'd be one thing. But it was all over the place. But anyway, Michael Rooker, he was insane and a little creepy because he would go up to like all the women and 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 be like, oh, you're so beautiful. And like, that's great and all. But there were some of them that I'm like, that might be like a 16 year old. I'm not quite sure. You know, they're wearing cosplay, lots of makeup, hard to tell. But I'm pretty sure that person is definitely not an adult. Now, not calling Michael Rook or anything. I'm sure he didn't realize that. But it was just it was just a little creepy, a little weird. But his panels are absolutely insane. They're entertaining, but I was pretty annoyed by that for a lot of it. Two more things I want to talk about. The William Shatner panel and the Anthony Mackie panel. All right. So William Shatner panel. He goes out there. No moderator, by the way, of course. Uh, and he sits down. Biggest panel, biggest packed panel, right? And he says, well, what should we talk about? And people start screaming stuff, and someone screams space, and he goes, yeah, I'm going to talk about space. So he talks about how he just recently went into space. And it wasn't that long ago that he did, so you know, it makes perfect sense for him to want to talk about that. That's great. That's awesome. I am so happy I got to see William Shatner in person. I got there early. I sat like third row, because the first two were VIPs. At third row, I was so close to him, so honored. That was the most boring hour of my entire life, and that is a shame because William Shatner should not be. But he just talked about space, and he just got into all these tangents um, about like looking out into space and being like, wow, that is death, and looking back at Earth, that is life, and talking about like random science stuff that he learned – uh, while training for this and, and and being amazed and he was like we don't know how anything works like how does a toilet work nobody knows how a toilet works and i'm like think think it just flushes and then the water pressure you know people okay whatever like really really just not very exciting stuff he talked about but some people did get to ask questions and when they asked questions that was great because he they would ask questions about star trek um there was one really funny moment where someone said, what's the best Star Trek movie? And he goes, well, obviously it's the one I directed Star Trek five, the final frontier. Um, so that was a really funny moment, <laughs> uh, when he said that. And then yeah. he kind of was like, no. And then he said, um, he, he thought for a little bit about it and he actually talked a little bit about how, uh, that deal that they had with the studio where whatever Leonard Nimoy did, he got to do. And vice versa. So that's why he directed Star Trek V. was because Leonard Nimoy got to direct, so he gets to direct. He actually talked for a while about how he had big plans for that movie that the studio shot down. He was mm-hmm. They were supposed to, I'm, I don't know if you know any of this, but they were supposed to actually meet God. It wasn't going to be an alien. It was God. That was his pitch for the movie. Yeah. On the planet, they were going to fight demons. Um, I've heard the story described as... Well, we were going to fight five demons, and then it was like, eh, one demon, and then no demons. And then it was like, well, I want to fight rock monsters, and it's like, how about rocks fall down on you? Uh, so apparently a lot of his plans just got completely scrapped. Yeah. And he, in his mind, in his words, it would have been the greatest movie of all time if he would have gotten the budget that he that he wanted. Now, whether that's actually the case, I guess we'll just never know. Uh, but then he talked about how he thinks the actual best movie is for the voyage home which is a respectable answer and that's really the only thing star trek related he talked about there was one more funny moment someone he he had gone over his time and he was like have i gone over my time i i'm sorry and then one of like the the workers goes yes sir you're done and he just looks at her and laughs a little bit and then talks for literally another 15 (laughs) just to prove her just to prove her wrong just the proof, yeah. Which one? Of, okay, which one of you fan expo volunteers are going to go up on stage and tell William William Shatner to get off? Tell William Captain Kirk that it's time to go. Right. 
he did tell another great story where he and I I'm I don't know if you've heard that I'm sure he's told it already, but he was about to abort. Like he had a a window where he was in the rocket and he could have aborted. And he was really, really scared and he was like, I'm gonna abort. I can't do this. I'm gonna abort. And then he talked himself out of it by saying, You're Captain Kirk. You you gotta go into space. You can't abort. Uh so that's nice. That's nice to know if that's actually the case. Um that he thought of himself in that way. Uh, but yeah, that was the William Shatner panel. Last thing of note, Anthony Mackie, just as charming as ever. Um, oh wait, one more quick thing. I, because I didn't have anything else to do. And that's the problem. I kind of ran out of stuff to do in the small con. Right. I ended up going to the Batwoman panel with the girl who, you know, they recasted Batwoman on that CW show. Right. Well, she was there. And she had a panel, and I just went to it. And turns out she's like the one of the most charming, nice people I've ever heard speak at a panel. She was super funny, super chill, um, very humble, was a lot of fun, knew a lot about the comics. Like she was very knowledgeable and actually knew what she was talking about, which I always – and I don't expect actors to know everything. Like I don't think Robert Pattinson has to be a Batman expert to play Batman, you know? Um, I I, I know for a fact Tobey Maguire doesn't give a crap about Spider-Man. Like, <laughs> I don't expect that from everybody, but it is nice and it is enduring to me whenever they show that they do care like that. And she told about how, like, she's genuinely been a Batman, fa- Batman fan forever. She actually knows a lot about the comics, a lot about the character, a lot about Batwoman. And she was very excited to to be Batwoman and she was super charming and super funny. And for a split second, I was like, maybe I should watch that Batwoman show. And then I remembered, Oh yeah, I'm not going to do that. But for a second, like she almost got me. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, I went to the sons of anarchy panel cause Ron Perlman was there. I've never seen that show, but Ron Perlman was there. And one person asked a question. It was like, who would win clay or it was a, imagine the same kid who asked Stan Lee about My Hero Academia. He said, "Who would win, Clay or 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 Hellboy?" And he goes, "I love this question." My answer is, "How?" The, and he's and he says he drops an F bomb. He goes, "Like how the would I know?" <laughs> uh, crowd goes crazy. Um, but yeah, Anthony Mackie, just the most charming guy. I mean, he really is. He is, as you already know, like he's so genuine, um, so so much himself. It seems like, uh, and he loves New Orleans. Oh, for sure, he I truly mean... does. He talked, he raved about it. He's someone said, "Welcome, thanks for coming back to New Orleans. You know, best city in America." And he goes, "In the world." <laughs> and he said it was such a straight face. Like I don't, he was not joking. No, at all. he he meant that one hundred percent. Yeah, he loves it. He told some great stories about being a young actor and the schools he got into and the mentors he had and 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 his his kind of his journey. Uh, some great stories about that. He talked about how his favorite thing about filming Falcon Winter Soldier was that he got the fish on the job because uh, in between <laughs> takes he would just go sit on the pier and he would fish. Um, he talked about how the thing that he misses most about new Orleans is a shrimp po boy fully dressed with, um, with extra hot sauce. Uh, (laughs) that's his favorite thing. He talked a lot about, um, playing captain America and what that meant and, you know, stuff like that. Um, which was, it was just really entertaining to listen to him talk about that. And he told a really funny story about how he was fishing in Lake Pontchartrain and he got uh, stopped by the Coast Guard who knew who he was and they took a picture with him and got an autograph and then they took his registration papers and didn't give them back to him. Um, and so he was, because someone from the Coast Guard like went up there and asked him a question and he was like, and he's like yelling, like, give me my damn papers back. Like, just really funny. Um, and, and nice to know that he just goes on Lake Pontchartrain and fishes. Um, Anthony Mackie, just, just 
absolutely incredible guy no, and he, so he much really fun is. to listen to. Yeah, well, I mean, he he never he never takes a breath when he starts talking. I mean, no, the guy can just talk. Um, yeah, and, and he's kind of known for that on set for never being able to shut up during takes. Um, but no, nah, I mean, he's an awesome guy. That was the one. Like him and Shatner were the main reasons we were wanting to go and. You know, part of me wishes we had gone on and gone, but I, I'm at least hopeful that he will come back. I mean, for him, it's just another chance to come home. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be back at a at a New Orleans um, Comic Con again at Fan Expo. And you know, I I don't want to judge Fan Expo too harshly. This was their first year, and it's a rough year. They're like going in with these COVID rules and things like that, and they're they're doing their best. Um, I have some big criticisms. For one. They were so focused on COVID rules that all the security guards were all, all they were doing were uh, checking vaccination cards, which by the way, not even checking an ID with it, just seeing you have a card. So you could be anybody get in and checking negative tests. Um, Not a single person checked bags. There were no metal scanners, no metal detectors, uh, nothing of the sort. If you wanted to walk into that place with a actual gun in your backpack, you could have yeah, easily. That's, that's not a good thing. No, they did have a prop checker. Uh, they did have like a, you had to go get your props checked. But other than that, security was only about that. A lot of the rules were not clear at all on their website. Uh, well, they we kept messaged, changing, didn't they? They kept they kept changing, which is partly New Orleans' fault. But they kept changing, and the ones that were up there were not clear. Um, one person was telling, uh, so me and my girlfriend both messaged, uh, the customer service trying to get some answers on it. One person responded saying that no tests will be accepted, only, only vaccination cards. And then I got a response saying that, um, all tests will be accepted. Uh, on the website, it said no at home test. Then while we're there, there's a sign that says at home test accepted. So it's like, what is it? The security guards themselves, uh, and just, just between them, they didn't really know what was going on. So the first day you show your vaccination card or your negative test, you get a wristband that you then just wear for the rest of the weekend. You hold up your wristband. You got, you got your vaccination wristband. Not like, not the actual entrance wristband. It's two separate things for entrance. You got a badge, which is actually kind of nice. I like the badge. Because uh, you can kind of keep them. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm I'm a big fan of the badges. Like we we yeah. keep, you know, I collect mine. I've I've got a pretty massive stack of yeah. them that hangs in the background of our our video shots back That's here. That's awesome. Yeah, I love the badge thing. But then you get a little wristband. Uh, the next day, me and my girlfriend get stopped for a good ten minutes arguing because we already have our wristband, um, and. She's and there's one security guard saying, "Nope, you gotta pull out your your stuff." And then there's another security guard saying, "Like, no, you bring them on through." Like it was just between the two of them, they didn't know what was going on and what the rules were. So that was all a big mess, um, and that was a little frustrating. But you know, yeah, whatever. That, that kind of stuff can be. Fra- we had that happen at uh at Star Wars Celebration Orlando. Where kids under a certain age didn't need a ticket. I don't remember what the age was, but Elijah was under the age. Mm. And uh, they weren't going to let us in. Oh. They like, the, the, like, we got through the gates, we got our badges, we go through, and we're like going in, and the security's like, it's two of them. And they're like, no, no, you can't go in. He's got to have a ticket. Mm-hmm. I'm like, the kid in the stroller needs a ticket? Like, yeah. Um, you're going to have to find me someone else. Like you have yeah. a, like, do you have a supervisor or something? Because like, your rules state here. Right. That I like don't I was pulling it up on the phone and being like, look, it's right here. Yeah. That's and, annoying. And it just shows some, some misorganization. But once again, I'm not going to completely hold it against fan expo. I'll definitely give them another chance. You know, it's one of those things like right now, it's so hard to put on anything. Um, and have it go smoothly. And, and when you're dealing with a city, I'm sure the city has, I know the city has some pretty draconian rules, uh, on COVID measures. And I'm sure the convention center also has their own set of rules. Yeah. Um, so between all of that, they're, you know, as they were trained, as they were getting ready for the weekend, 
the rules were still constantly changing. So, you know, it's one of those things. It's hard to fault anybody and it's hard to fault the people running the economy. Mm-hmm. By all accounts, Fan Expo is a, you know, is a good company and I, I'm, uh, I'll be yeah, anxious yeah. to see what the con looks like next year. I mean, they were big enough to buy out Wizard World. Yeah, and they so bought out Wizard good. World's six biggest shows. Yeah. And you know what? They they bought them out, and this year we got people. We were supposed to have people like Kevin Smith, Stephen Amell, Anthony Mackie, and Shatner. Oh, before people started backing out, the guest list was amazing. Oh, yeah. It, it was great. It was, I, it was the best outside of the year that they had almost like that, that we had the Marvel panel. With like yeah. everybody there, yeah, uh, like all like all of the Avengers were there. Yeah, Chris Evans and like outside of that year, like this was the best guest list they had, and it's not their fault that half the guests canceled like the week of the con. Yeah, it's it's not, and um, and they're pro- they made promises like, no, oh, they'll be here next year though, which I mean, you can't promise that. You no. cannot promise that. Um, and they were pretty flexible with like, so you, were you guys able just to roll your tickets on the next year? We actually had not bought our tickets yet. Oh, okay. So, okay. Well, that's good then. But we absolutely uh, for, intend to be there. We're going to, our, we're for sure going to dragon con this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might be going to star Wars celebration in Anaheim. Um, I, that one's going to be a little different, like, because I'm not going to, we're not going to all fly out to Anaheim. Um, right. but I've got tickets and I may go, you know, I may go and, and someone else, but, uh, it's <laughs> doubtful the whole family is going to go to that one, but man, I'm, I'm ready to get back to going to these things, but, um, I am anxious to go, you know, I, I will definitely yeah. be in new Orleans next year. It was nice to be back. It really was despite all the hardships and stuff like that. I mean, like first world problems at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I got to go into a con and, be around fellow nerds and and buy cool stuff and see cool stuff and meet some really cool people and just had a great experience and I was I was overall very happy with it. So Fan Expo they're 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 okay in my book. Uh I you know I'm I'm pretty nostalgic about Wizard World. Uh yeah. it's I I doubt I'll ever really like like Fan Expo as much as I like Wizard World just because of the nostalgia. Yeah, uh, of Wizard World. I'm a, it's like it's like how I like Xbox 360 more than I'll ever like PlayStation. <laughs> right. Like, I'm, that just I'm is all kinds is. of down for them to prove me wrong though. On, yeah. On on uh on just stepping in and being my new favorite thing. Um, yeah. The the upside is is that Wizard World kept trying to expand and add more cons, and they were doing it sometimes at the expense of the of the successful cons like the basically they had some cons that were losing money and some that were making money and cons that made money like New Orleans were sometimes losing out on stuff because they were using New Orleans money to float cons mm-hmm. in other cities. That makes sense. That makes sense. But I mean, they were expanding too fast. I mean, it was just two years, three years ago, I guess they announced that they were going to have one in Biloxi. Like, oh wow, Biloxi's what an hour and a half drive from New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it's I was right about there. to say, I'll go to that one too. Right. I, I mean, I would have gone to it too, but it's like, man, that's those are kind of close together. And then they yeah. tried to have it on the weekend. There's a big fan convention, like a, a big uh, fan run convention. And they tried to have it on the same weekend. No, and so basically no. all the fan groups down there said, no, no, we're going to our con. Yeah. And it, that one never happened because of that. Because yeah. for some reason they, for some reason they knowingly came in and tried to knock some lo- a local fan con off it, out of its spot. Yeah. That just sucks. I hate to see that with like the local cons and stuff like that too. I'd hate to see that, that con suffer. Right. Uh, from that, but so wizard world, do they still have other shows that they're running or was the whole company bought out? So my, I'm not sure. I think wizard world is, is gone. They might still, well, I still see, looks like they kept a couple of shows. Mm. Looks like they're gearing up for actually, it looks like they only their bait. I think wizard world, I think they might've corporately been based out of Chicago. I have no idea. I I think they're based out of Chicago. It looks to me, 
it looks to me like the only con they kept was their home convention. Mm. So basically, I don't know how many they did have, but my understanding is that Fan Expo bought their six largest conventions, Mm -hmm. and then they pretty much dissolved the rest. Oh, I got you. All right, I, I'm gonna. One, I, I'm going to make a documentary about Wizard one day because they have a fascinating company history. I don't know if you know, but they used to be a magazine. Hmm. Uh, started. A, they were Wizard Magazine. That was back in the '90s, before the internet and everything like that. And that was the go-to place for comic book news and stuff like that. It, it was. It was the first comic book YouTube channel. Um, but then they they failed to expand they failed to do things like start a youtube channel and start a website and do stuff like that and so in like 2011 they went bankrupt because they were still just doing a magazine uh they went bankrupt the cut the work the employees found out when they got to work that day and the door was locked um wow they went online and read that they had gone bankrupt the next day the founder of Wizard World announces Wizard Entertainment, and then that's where the cons come from. Uh, so, yeah, super fascinating company. Um, that'd be a great documentary. But, yeah, that was my Fan Expo New Orleans 2022 experience. Overall, I had a great time. I'm glad I got to go, and I was just happy to be back in that, in that, in that world. Yeah. Spend way too much money. Yeah, I'm ready to go back. I'm still kind of hating that we didn't go to New Orleans. I think we'll probably get our first taste of going back to a convention in, I believe, Mississippi Comic Con is in June. Um, Actually, if I go to Celebration, I guess that will be my first time back at a convention. Yeah. uh, Since it's at the end of May. Nice. That, That sounds like it'll be fun. Um, I'd like to go to try to go to like Dragon Con or something this year, but I, I've got too many trips going on this year. Maybe next year I'll, I'll try something like that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's one, like, and I constantly say this and I've probably said it on the show, but like, if you like going to conventions, Dragon Con should be on your bucket list for conventions. Like it, it's a, it's a totally different animal than any other convention I've been to. Awesome. Well, I'm sure we'll talk all about that when that comes up. But for now, Andrew, any final thoughts before we wrap up the show tonight? No, I think that covers it for me. All right, awesome. Where can people find you on the internet? All right, you can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can drop us a line at the Science Fictionary at gmail.com. And as always, you can check out our podcast as well as the rest of the Red 5 Podcast Network at Red 5 Network on Twitter. And I'm David underscore JG Peoples on Twitter. I have no witty one-liner because it's just fan expo. What do you what do you what do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs>